0: it's april welcome back to the heart and hustle podcast we are on episode 400 million and on day fourteen thousand of quarantine
1: hey so if it's your first time listening because i feel like we didn't do this last week (laughs) because we were stressed um i'm angelica yard i think i treated last week as a uh
0: like a therapy session so sorry about that i am charisma o'keefe
1: and this is the Heart and Hustle podcast, where we talk about life and balance. And there's usually, like, there's an interview after this intro. I timestamped it last week, but I realized I didn't, I don't know if I said so until the end of the intro. So there yeah. is an interview with a guest. So yeah. you, I will put the timestamp in so you can skip pandemic update if you want to.
0: Hopefully it's not <laughs> your first time listening. Because um, I feel like, th- but I, at the same time, this is a time where a lot of people are, kind of discovering podcasts for the first time because they're at home yeah. with pandemic, so
1: I Well, new that. podcasts listens are up, like new people listening to podcasts for the first time is up 18%. Wow. Podcasts listens overall are down because no one's commuting. So. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, um, our I podcast mean, listens have been the same, but I feel like the industry as a whole, like they've been reporting yeah. major I see that drops.
0: Because like uh, certain podcasts that I normally listen to, I'm kind of like, okay, when do I do this? Because like John is sitting across from me like, I don't want to like disturb him. Sometimes I'll throw in headphones and stuff, but yeah, it's not the same. Cause like a lot of times I'll listen to it also as I'm moving around about my apartment during the day, right. and, like by yourself, by myself. Yeah. And so I don't want to be completely rude to my husband who actually needs to teach children so yeah (laughs) Um,
1: I yeah but yeah so
0: we're in the middle of a pandemic as you all know it is a lot um I don't know do we want to like maybe each share like a good thing that's happened since last week I feel like last week we just kind of like unloaded a lot of
2: information we
1: unloaded and we gave some helpful tips which I feel like I yeah. liked it. I listened back on it while I was editing and I was like, it's actually very helpful. It wasn't just ranting. It was really like, these are some things you can do right now to feel yeah. better about what's happening. Because I feel like it just happened in the past three weeks so quickly. Um, did,
0: yeah. For, and for a lot of people, like they didn't see it coming at all. Maybe they don't have like, especially if you don't have family that lives like in a different area and that sort of thing. If your family all lives nearby, then you didn't really get like much of a warning, you know?
1: Right, right, yeah. right. This week has been pretty, and I was talking to a friend about this because she and I are very similar in the terms of we both work from home. Um, her daughter is also in private school, at different schools than I am, but we also we had like the same hours. We were in the same places, like pre-pandemic, and so we kind of worked the same schedule. And so as we were back here, we're kind of like it's not terrible for us again that's a privileged thing to say because we both still are having income coming in and we're in a space where we're safe and we can pay our bills but because it's not that bad because we both don't have family nearby and she's a single mom so for her she takes care of her kid that's like 100 on her own and that's for us too we've 100 been on our own parenting um i taught my daughter how to read last summer so we've kind of always been in a continued education wow. space even when she's not in school because that's the way i grew up i know it's not ideal and it's not for every child but that's kind of how I've done she's easy to teach she wants to learn so this transition hasn't been tough for her learning at home um, her school has been super helpful that we have like a little social network app um, so that's been really cute to be turning in her assignments and her teacher to see it and then she can see her teachers on the videos and feel a little bit better about missing her friends now that she can see them that everybody else is at home that's been helpful so I think that's kind of like my good news is that it's not been a difficult transition for us because this was kind of like our life anyway. So, um, and we're and that's a privileged thing to say because I understand it's not for everybody. Like there are many people who have lost their income because of this. There are people who do not understand how they're going to pay their bills. This is just April first; it's so stressful. Yeah. There's so many bills due. So I totally understand. I'm coming from a place of uh, privilege to be able to say I'm comfortable, and I'm also trying to be helpful to other people and my friends who have lost positions or. Uh, have been furloughed, been sending them jobs like crazy. If I had anything come up, I've been like, look, it's not for me. It's for this person because I'm okay. Send it to that person. Or if I have the ability to do something small for somebody else, just quickly really like do it so I can be helpful to them. So yeah, that's my, my I guess, good news is that we're pretty okay for now. We never know. Every day is different. Yeah,
0: that's. I think that that's how I kind of feel. So it's like I have lost work because – you know, I shoot a few weddings out at Disney every month, I shoot a few family sessions every month. So I've definitely lost work. But at the same time, like, it's been okay, because I I honestly was like, Oh, man, am I gonna lose like all my branding clients, especially because like, I had just recently done an all call in January. And I was like, Hey, if you're planning to like, use me later in the year, like, let me know now. So I can kind of like, put that in the schedule and have that plan in, you know? And so I was kind of expecting like, Oh man, am I get like, I'm just going to lose everyone, you know? But right. that hasn't happened. Um, mm-hmm. Like even the people that I'm not working with at the present date have reached out to Ben like, Hey, by the way, like game, game on still, like we're still doing this 100%. Um, so I do know like a lot of the clients that I work with have jobs where they do work out like at an office, but are able to now work from home. So their income mm-hmm. isn't being affected. Um, that is like the large majority, I would say like 90% of my clients right now. I have a few clients that actually do have jobs where um, their income is affected, but they are, I guess they're kind of in that mindset of like, let's do this because now it's kind of like, not a this now It's my time, right. Yeah, it's like, if I can make money doing this now, then, you know, like then, I don't have to worry. like I'm sure they're still gonna like file for unemployment and things like that, and like hope to get some help from the stimulus bill and stuff like that. But they're like, let's try to see if we can make this work right now because I have the time at home and that sort of thing. So that's really awesome. I love working with branding clients. I love working with social media clients. so um, and I like, I don't say I like that more than photography, but I kind of do. Um, Cause I just, I like the one-on-oneness and the conversations and like the creativity behind it. And I, and I love working from home. Um, so yeah, it's allowing me to still work from home and everything. Obviously like we have John's income. He's a teacher. He's going to be like teaching regardless. Granted, it's just in a different uh, setting now. And so he's like kind of settled into teaching online and is getting quite comfortable with that. And then I've kind of had to do a complete pivot with my shop because I think that if you already have a shop and obviously if you you know, need to keep making money that way, then by all means, like do what is best for you. But for me personally, I was like, if I have to keep going to the post office nonstop, I'm going to have panic attacks. Like I just I'm having a really hard time um, going outside. And I honestly think that like, that's something I'm gonna have to work through with my therapist when this is over is that it's going to be very hard for me to go to the store in a regular way. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I haven't been to the store in a while, but the last time I went, it was just such a whole big ordeal for me. And then I was like stressed out, like for days after. So, you know, I'm not going to be going to the post office like weekly, like, or, you know, that's just not going to work for me right now. So I've like completely pivoted. and I just ordered, um, some stuff that would be just drop ship. Um, so I have those samples coming to the house this week. So, I want to, you know, check them out and see how they are. It's kind of like I really like to be able to send the stuff like from my home. Like that's like part of the fun of it. But, you know, you just got to pivot and make things work. Um, And then, you know, I've been able to work on other fun projects like, you know, trying to get a little bit more serious about working on my novel and things like that. So I'm just trying to take this time to like I don't want to say be productive because like I do have more time in the day. Like I have a good two extra hours in the day, Uh, but it's more just like surviving and filling the time, if that makes sense. Like when I'm wow. not working, it's like, okay, like work is done now. What? Cause normally I feel like work is never like, it never feels done, but lately it's felt done a lot. <laughs> if that makes sense. So like, I'll like, I'll hit five o'clock and I'm like, yeah, like I really don't need, like no one needs anything else from me. Like I am completely done. I have answered all the emails I've done all the things. So it's definitely not like a terrible thing. And like you said, like it's definitely a, a privileged point to be coming from in this situation. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely not been all terrible in that sense. Um, my mom does live in Orlando, so it's, you know, I, she's been the only person I've been seeing and I've just been trying to be like, don't go anywhere else. Only come here. Um, my brothers are in different States. One's currently in, uh, Philadelphia. The other is currently in the Cape, so they're in safe locations. So it's like, I'm just. Every day, like, I just think to myself, like, I'm very thankful that, like, my family is safe, like, that we're all currently healthy and that, like, granted, me and my brothers all work, like, in freelance type stuff. Like, we've all lost some income, but, like, we're able to pivot and, you know, remake that in different ways. So I feel, like, very, very blessed in that, you know, very privileged in that um, situation. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. I feel like I don't I don't have, like, much of an update on anything virus-related because it changes so frequently. So I feel like it's, like, there's no point in even – except just to say that, obviously, Florida is still large and we have a lot of cases, and we'll just kind of see what goes on with that. Um, but we don't really live – I don't know. Like, you you were saying, like, we're in the middle of two epicenters.
1: Did you mean um, to Orlando and Tampa? One, or? so, no, Pointeana is oh, a hot spot.
0: Oh, I didn't know
1: that. Okay. Yes, Thank so – and it's been me. a developing – issue with that area so most of the cases in osceola county you're not from florida you don't care but <laughs> there's a city that's near us technically not really but and it just is to give
0: you an idea disney is technically between orange that's orange on one side osceola underneath it lake behind it so yeah,
1: yeah. um and then um basically Polk county has pretty much been laxing all their rules for social distancing, Thank and they, they've opened up the parks in Lakeland, and so <laughs> Lakeland will be another spot, so and to they, speak, just because of the they way do they're... they
0: have, like, testing there, because I know we have testing right now at the Orange County Convention Center. We
1: have testing here in Osceola. Um, okay, um, we have it um, in Osceola, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I just
1: don't know where it is in Polk County. I, like, I don't live in Polk County, I don't Yeah. Yeah. Over exactly. there, so, I mean... I'm not really up-to-date on their... I will say they had the least developed cases. Like We had cases weeks before they even had one case. And that was something that we kept looking at because we had a a friend who was having a wedding and we're like, you probably need to cancel the wedding. But the argument was that Polk County didn't have any cases. Well, Mm. they they got one case, I think, like a couple days before the wedding. So I was like, well, obviously it's there. And then they ended up... Uh, basically making the wedding intimate only, which is probably should have been handled. Not my problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So just, um, some tips, I think for people who are still unsure or not knowing, or you, you're kind of lost right now. Take breaks when you need it. Walk away when you need it. Lie, lie down when you need it. Close your eyes. Watch a movie. Eat when you need it. Like, I don't want to. These jokes about, oh, everybody's coming out of the pandemic 20 pounds heavier, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Yeah, I hate those jokes. Gag. Like, just do what's best for you and your body because your life has changed. All of our lives have changed. The world has changed. We don't know what the world's going to look like at the other side of this. So, I think it's okay at this time to give yourself grace for all things.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like I was just sharing on Insta stories yesterday that like, I've kind of switched my schedule to like, I work and then I take a massive break in the middle of the day, like massive. And then I go back to work because it's, I don't know why that has just been what's worked for me. But like, it's also, there's no, like, I'm trying to make sure that I have certain things that I get done in the morning and certain things I get done with the evening. So I have some sort of um, like some sort of routine, you know, to an extent, but I'm also being really, really flexible with myself and knowing that each day is different. And like, it's going to change on everything from just like my mood to the weather, to whatever the weather was beautiful today. So I got up a little early and I walked for two and a half miles, but like, if it was hot, like I might not have been in the mood to do that. So it's just like being a little more gentle with myself than like I normally would. And I would definitely say like for those of you who are like concerned with anything to do with like eating or food or anything like that, I would definitely check out with at um, snack with Sarah on Instagram at snack with Sarah. She is just this like awesome, really like amazing nutritionist that never speaks in a way that is negative about food, which I love. Um, and she's been like constantly letting people know like, do what feels right for your body right now. Like it, like eat that cookie or what, you know, whatever, like, I'm not going to say too much about it because I feel like that's like, that's her scene and she says it really well, but like, go check her out. Um, I actually just made her quarantine cookies the other day with my mom and it was a lot of fun to make and they were really delicious. Um, so yeah, just like finding little things like that, like just little bits of happiness. We made cookies the other day and just little bits of happy where we can. And then checking with friends. I've been like checking in with people, A, that I don't check in with a lot or B, that I check in with all the time to just still be like, Hey, what's up? Um, because people are all experiencing it different ways, whether it's like playing, is it Farmville is what it's called?
1: animal crossing algorithm thing
0: you knew you knew that i was talking about though <laughs> <Dead>. <laughs> Farmville is a thing too though right
1: but that's not cool. anymore
0: I don't oh know I, I tried to relate to the cool people everybody just oh.
1: unsubscribed <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so people are playing animal crossing you know people are breaking out like their game systems that they haven't played for a while some people are needing to get outside more you know people are just doing different things some people are hosting like netflix parties or like happy hours on zoom which is cool um so just depending on like where those things are that you're missing in your life like if you used to go out for happy hour then like obviously happy hour for zoom is going to be a good fit for you if you're more of like a you know, hey, let's go to the movies and like, you know, grab a bite to eat type of person, then maybe hosting a Netflix party is for you. So just finding ways to connect that are like interesting. But please remember that like people do want to hear from you, people do want to connect with you. So please, if you have like the, you know, the the energy at the moment, definitely like be reaching out to people and staying connected. Because that's, that's an important thing in all this is like, yes, we have to be physically distant, but we don't actually have to be distant from each other when it comes to like spending time just not in person. <laughs> so oh my guys. Yeah. well,
1: our interview is really amazing. So we don't want to talk too much before it gets started. But oh, but one more it. thing,
0: I just do want to remind people to follow us on Instagram at Heart and Hustle Podcast. And also if you have nothing to do and you have a few minutes to spare, if you want to review us anywhere that you want to review us, we would kindly appreciate it. It's very helpful.
1: On the Apple Podcast, all of those things. Well, we will be listening. Hope you listen to the interview, and then we will talk and check in next week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Cover your mouth. uh, Don't hang out. Don't go to a friend's house. It's not time to party. Don't go to the park. Just stay at home.
0: Stay at home. Go go on TikTok. It's very funny. Watch Dogs.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are super excited to be here and with our good friend from Space on Third, Amber Burns. Hey Amber, how's it going?
2: Oh hey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've so, we're like I feel like every interview now is like a a, a catch up or like an introduction to get to know someone new, but also we're like all very much stressed. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. yeah. Oh there my God! So interesting times.
1: Yes. So you were um, doing creative audits. You were blogging on Space on Third. Are you still doing creative audits right now?
2: So I feel like a lot has changed since yeah. I was last on the podcast. Yeah, um,
0: it was a while ago because I mean we've been recording for a while, and you were like we had you on a long time ago. Like it's yeah. been years at this point. I'm yeah,
2: 2018 maybe. Yeah, yeah it like, may have that been that before right. then mm-hmm. too. Yeah,
0: yeah it like 17, 17 or 18. You were fully yeah. like, you were fully doing space on third. And I don't think you would, like, I think maybe you had not even been doing it for that long.
2: Yeah, probably. I feel like it was right when I had just launched, which is crazy because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much has changed. Um, yeah, I rebranded back in, oh my gosh, like, I guess like almost a year and a half ago, um, and kind of put everything that I do under one umbrella that I've just kind of labeled by Amber Burns, because I just realized that there were so many different things that I was creating. And I hated how everything was becoming like a separate brand. Yeah, I was always trying to keep up with like, well, what's the tone and voice of this versus this where the common thread between everything really was just like, people want to hear from me my perspective about all the things I'm doing. So the rebrand kind of just made sense. Um, And honestly, the need for the rebrand kind of came out of those creative audits where I was kind of just looking at what's working, what's not, um, what am I enjoying doing, what am I not, and where can I adjust? So from those audits kind of birthed a rebrand. And so now that that's been a thing for a little while now, um, it's been so helpful just in keeping that creative clarity and kind of knowing what lane I'm trying to be in and what kind of content I'm really trying to create for people. Yeah, I really love that. And
0: I think that like a lot of people don't realize like when you're doing all those different things, it's completely exhausting. Um, And so like what I see a lot of people do is they will start something, but then they have to kind of like let it go and let other people run it. So it's like you really have those two choices, like either you keep everything like under one brand because like the common denominator is you. Like that's why that what's, that's at the end of the day, what makes each different thing you're doing interesting is the you factor, you know? Right. Um, exactly. So it's like, you either do that and like just make it cohesive and and make it a little bit easier on yourself to be able to keep up and engage in those different parts of that same community, or you have to say like, okay, I'm going to start this thing. And then I'm going to let that thing go be its own thing and have other people that help me run it and whatever. And you're not, you're no longer like the, the main or the only person because it's just truly impossible to have like that many different brands that you're running yourself. And I think a lot of people don't share that. So I love that you like, are authentic with the fact that it's like, yeah, like I am doing a lot of, I mean, I know you do have like a little bit of help with some of like the video recording stuff, but you do a a large majority of this stuff completely on your own. Like we can see you uploading video and things like that on Instagram stories and things like that. So it's like, you're like, yeah, if I'm going to be having my hand in all of this, the only way to do it is to make sure that it's like a good, easy, cohesive brand that I can, you know, then, branch out from that that main
2: brand exactly and from where I sit I think that as a creative no matter what you're doing you will reach that point where it's like okay well I have to outsource Mm -hmm. something and Mm -hmm. like the thing that I will never outsource is the creative direction because that is the thing that makes it that's why you do it. it Yeah, exactly. So I'd much rather say, oh, I need to get an accountant at this point, or I need to hire a designer to do this one merch design for me so I can focus on other things so that I can still have my hand in the stuff that really matters to me.
0: Yeah, I really love that. That's amazing. Um. So when I wrote this uh, episode, it was actually a while ago. It was like January, and I was like a sweet summer child. And I thought like, Oh, 2020, <laughs> it's a new year. Wow, 2019 was like so much. This year's gonna be so much better. I was like coming up on my birthday, and it's just you know just all like rainbows and sunshine and amazing. And I so- blame your birthday I-
1: for this because your birthday was so fun.
0: My birthday was. Just- <laughs> it-, it really set the year off and like on a great tone. And I was like, This is gonna. To be great for everyone, and it and it's not. <laughs> um, so when I went back in, just you know, again, not even a full sixty days later to like make some adjustments to make sure that the uh, episode and the outline looked up to date, I was like, oh, this question is not going to work because I was like, I wrote twenty nineteen was a lot, and now I'm sitting in like you know the the very very beginning of the fourth month of twenty twenty, and I'm like twenty twenty is. This is already I mean we we just got to April and it is by far like the I will say like the craziest year of my life. I'm not even going to say the worst it has not been great. Um, but I, I I don't know what will happen. That's, I think there's just like a lot of uncertainty that we're all sitting in right now. So Amber, you have so many different things going on. One of the big things is like, you're writing a novel, um, which we're so excited to see and like, see that behind the scenes process with you and stuff. So how has your experience been as a creator, like keeping up with your novel, keeping up with your blogging, you just dropped a, a really long vlog just yesterday. Um, so how are you keeping up with that in our current political state and during a pandemic?
2: Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> I know. No big deal.
2: It's a lot. Like it's overwhelmingly a lot and I think the thing that it's impacting me and a lot of others the most is that it's a lot and it's a different lot every single day. Like Mm -hmm. there are new numbers, there's a new press conference. There's a new like crazy thing that that man in the white house has done. Like there's just a different layer and you wake up not really knowing what you're going to wake up to. And we're all kind of holding our breaths, anticipating the release of something that we don't even know what that release is going to look like. We don't really know what after this looks like. So there's so much uncertainty. And what I'm really trying to do is make sure that I'm balancing like a need to still maintain normalcy and get work done and make money with a need to be healthy and protect my peace and my energy and make sure that self-care is still realistically happening however it needs to happen as things are changing day by day. Um, I think one of the things that's been kind of difficult and disappointing is that This has just unveiled how obsessed everyone is with work. And I think it's being masked as like a prioritization of productivity, but it has nothing to do with being productive because rest is productive turning the news off is productive, mm-hmm. In your bed is productive, but those aren't the things that we're seeing people prioritize or shout about on Instagram stories when they're recapping what their productive day looked like. So for me, it's also a reminder that there isn't like, this is not normal. <laughs> it is not just working from home because we're working from home. Now we are in the middle of something that is incredibly challenging and scary and different. And it's okay to give yourself a little grace and kind of redefine what a productive day looks like to you, and give yourself credit where credit is due. Like the other week, I was working on my manuscript and I wrote like sixteen hundred words, which is awesome for me. And then this week, I have not written one word, which is also fine because we're in the middle of national pandemic. Like, no. yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just been a lot of that, like tuning out when I need to, checking in when I need to, and just trying to, like, strive for whatever balance I can in the meantime.
1: I can relate so much to that as somebody who loves working. <laughs> I, I understand that we... um people prioritize work as being productive because they think it's the good thing to do. Like we've been told right. that that's the good thing. Like you're a good person when you work a certain amount of hours or more than that. And you're you're going to be rewarded in money or you know fame or whatever the case may be. And clearly that's not the case. We're all at indoors. We're, we're all kind of at the same level, financially different, but we're all indoors. <laughs> um, right. So all that working kind of got us to the same place we may be more yes. comfortable or less comfortable financially or in a different space with, with, but most of us still have anxiety and stress because we cannot control mm-hmm. this yeah. this is outside of our control so i really appreciate that you're a transparent still in the time of the pandemic because i can't imagine being on instagram stories and telling anybody what i'm doing uh <laughs> so the fact that you are transparent on social media and just letting people know that it's okay to not do anything It's okay not to have written a word today. Like it's okay to just lay in bed and feel your feelings. And that is productivity because that's what you needed. Oh my God.
0: Yes. The other day, like Amber literally posted, like, she like posted a photo of herself in bed and she's like, I'm still in bed. And I was literally like laying in bed too. And I sent her a photo of my ceiling fan and I was like, me too. (laughs) And it's so funny because I'm so used to like having to be on John's work schedule. So like it kind of keeps me... Even though I, you know, am a full-time entrepreneur, it's like I'm able to stay on his schedule a bit. So that's helpful. But now he's home too. And like when he gets up, he's just going to the living room. So it's like, like, you know. (laughs)
1: like where is he going why are we traveling Um, yeah I'm like I can just
0: stay in my room if I want it doesn't you know like I don't I don't know there's just no demand to go anywhere which is is strange and no one like no one for the most part like a lot less people are needing things from me so because I I have no photography stuff going on so that's like weird
1: Yeah. yeah oh my goodness so talking about writing a novel and I think when people I can't do a big thing or a hard thing. It's not just writing a novel. There's so many things that fall into that category of like, this is a big thing, training for a marathon or like another fitness goal or something. Something that's long-term and takes a a lot of hours into it can overwhelm people, be stressful, especially when they're creative projects because it requires so much of your your creative self. And if you are a creative and you work in a creative space, when you're working long-term towards one thing, it's so draining. (laughs) Um, So Amber, what advice do you have for people or someone who's looking to take on a large creative project? Like they're trying to start, they have their brain, they have something in their mind, but they don't even know where to begin. What is your advice as you're going through this process of writing this novel right now?
2: Um, Well, to all of the fellow writers out there, um, I will say, this is the hardest thing I've literally ever done and I feel like I've done some very hard things. <laughs> um, but this is the hardest project I've ever tackled one because writing the novel is hard. Like yes. Reading them <laughs> it's way easier than writing them and then it's it's so personal to me because I feel like this story is important and I want to do it right. So mm-hmm. for me, I I think my first step was just like giving myself a really basic toolkit of things that helped me, you know, feel a little bit more self-confident because you have to believe that you can do it. That's kind of the hardest thing. Like every day you're going to hit a wall that makes you feel that you can't do it. And you have to have that baseline. Like, no, this is a hard day, but I can still do the thing. So for me, as per usual, that started with like, okay, well, what books can I read about writing books? And who are the creators who have written books, who are making content about how they wrote their books that I can go off of? So the first book I read that was super, super helpful and just like getting started was a book by Jessica Brody called Save the Cat Writes a Novel. And I felt like I had been wandering like in the wilderness. And then I read that and it was just like the promised land. So I started there. And then from there, I found like a bunch of other authors on YouTube and Instagram who are sharing really helpful tips. So I think if you're stuck with where to start, like start with knowledge, give yourself that baseline. So you at least know that like, okay, this is not uncharted territory anymore. I have an idea of at least where, what's, what this environment is, what it entails, what people who have done it are, and then find people who have like done what you want to do and, immerse yourself in them. Like the book that I'm writing, the genre is classified as like women's fiction. So I've been reading so many women's fiction books, good and bad. Like I want to see everyone who's ever done this and been published before, like what did they write? Who are they? Like what's their background? What are their stories looking like? What's their writing style? Like you, once you become a part of something, you really feel more like you belong and that you can, again, just like do the thing. So if you don't know where to start, like inform yourself and then go find your people
0: yeah I really love that and I also have a like I don't know so I have been writing two novels at the same time which is like not productive I have to ask like I'm assuming because you are such a writer and you've been writing for a long time I'm assuming like you have multiple novels in you like oh yeah (laughs) yeah did you was it hard to like land on like which one you were going to do first or were you like, no, this is this this has to be like the first story.
2: So the book that I'm writing now, I already know it has a companion novel, but I have okay. to write this first, and I know yeah. that I have to write this first, and it's an it's hard because I feel like I'm much more solid in the second book than I am in the first, but I know that the first one has to come first. So for me, I. I feel like if I tried to write multiple novels at the same time, I would literally like crash and burn. It it is not (laughs) not working. Like I'm not going to
0: like it. So you know how like you do like all the prep and like, you know, like I feel like I I'm doing that double. Like I feel like I have it. I like I'll have times where I've written like parts of it throughout the years, especially one more than the other, which I think I'm going to like lead with that one. But um, I don't know why, like, I just get like, I'll be in the mood to write for one and then I'll be in the mood to write for the other. But I, I, I want to get more into like a disciplined practice of like what you're doing. Cause what you're doing is literally like, you're not being the type of person that's like, all right, When I'll feel like it, like you are to an extent, but you're also like, no, like it is going to be part of like most of my days. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we can see you really being like accountable online. And I'm like, I need to get more to that level. Um, instead of like giving, like when I'm in the mood, doing a little bit here and a little bit there for two different stories and mine are very different. So it's like not helpful at all. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, it's probably (laughs) helpful that they are different. So you're not like crossing storylines, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think if it was in the
0: same genre or the same realm, it wouldn't like, I wouldn't be able to have like done like storyboarded them both and stuff because it'd be like too much overlap and that sort of thing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have an amazing YouTube channel that I absolutely love. I watch it on my giant TV. Cause that's how I watch yeah. YouTube. Like the old, is my dad. <laughs> I know I so say like, I'm like time to watch my YouTube phase. And I literally pull it up on my TV. <laughs> um, so how is creating for YouTube different than what you do for your blog posts and your social media posts? And like of all the different ways that you create content, is there a favorite for
2: you? um video is just like a different beast in every single way possible (laughs) like I can depending on the kind of blog post it is I can usually like knock out a blog post in an hour or two with a video it's like there are so many layers to everything you need before you actually hit like okay it's live on YouTube now like you have to film it and then you have to edit it and then you have to watch it back and probably do some more edits and make a thumbnail and a description box. Like there's so many levels and it honestly like kind of pulls on all of the ways that I create to just do YouTube because you have photo editing, there's video editing, there's writing. So it's honestly kind of like the perfect mix of all the things that I already loved to do. Um, it's so time consuming and it's so hard, but it's so worth it. And I've, I've loved it. I've been like shocked at how fast the channel has grown. Like it's a little under 800 subscribers now, which is crazy Yay. because like a year ago, I had just had like a hundred. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. Um And I know it's, I think video is probably one of the things that intimidates people the most, but mm-hmm. I think it's, it's been totally worth it. It was something I wanted to do for a long time and I'm really glad I did it.
0: That's good yeah, to that's hear. Awesome. Yeah, I do think that it is the most, one of the most intimidating, like you'll have people that will like blog for years or write for years and they're like, you know, they're still afraid of video. So it's good to hear that, like, it's worth
2: it. Like, I love that you don't lie. Like, it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah, I would never tell anyone, like, oh, yeah, you could do it. It's low lift. Like, no, it's really hard. (laughs) And it takes a lot of time. But if you love it, it is worth it. If you don't like it, you will be miserable.
1: I feel like 800 is such a big number because I do remember your 100, like, subscriber post and, like, celebrating that that video and everything. And I remember being in those first couple people. When I subscribed, like when you first made it, I was like, oh, yep, subscribing. And so the fact that it's grown so much in just this short amount of time is crazy because YouTube is hard.
2: hard. It is hard. And it's one of those things where the only way that you'll ever get better at videos is if you continue to do it. Like I watch Mm -hmm. some of my videos and I'm like, wow, this is awful. I can't believe people watch this. (laughs) Um, But, you know, over time, it's like you learn different things, you learn different tricks, you get more comfortable in front of the camera. Like, that is a huge piece of it. Like even people like other content creators who you go on Instagram stories every day and you talk to the camera, it's it's totally different when you have like a camera on a tripod versus your phone in your hand. So
1: that's
2: a whole other like layer of comfortability. So it's taken a while, I think, to like really find my flow, but I feel really good about YouTube right now.
1: So speaking of growing, um, your brand has just grown so much as we talked about and there's i feel like philly was one of the places where while I was there and finding you guys and finding everybody with the blog connect i still like connect with those people i don't know it's such an easy group of people i don't know what it is about like it's the friendly and you know the city of brotherly love i guess i still Mm -hmm. feel like some of those creators even though all of them really aren't content creators most of them anymore it's been one of the easiest places where i felt like i liked those humans and i still connect with those humans so how do you find the people that you like and how do What are some things that you do to try to build your tribe, so to speak, or I guess tribe's a bad word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you, hate, you hate
0: that word so much.
1: Gosh, I, because I've been doing Les Mills and you know that it's oh. in um, New Zealand and that is like they're like it's branded all over the place. So sorry. <laughs>
2: No, it's hard. I'm trying uh, to but
1: stop yeah. Where
2: how do you go HBO about finding your people? That? Yeah. Uh finding your people. Um I think that when you are creating or putting yourself out there in a way that is genuine, you will organically find your people. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not the answer anyone wants to hear because it's like, no, what are like the three things I have to do that will find me like the exact audience that I'm trying to reach and like Community, I'm trying to be a part of. And it's honestly just like when you are doing something authentically, you will attract people who are attracted to that authentic version of you. So I think that me just like being like, hey, yeah, I'm a young black girl. I do like a lot of different things. And I also go to therapy has like drawn a very specific type of person towards me. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of being that, not an open book, but being a little bit more vulnerable is definitely key there and I think that's been also like why my platforms have started growing so much more just because I think there's a lot of people who are really good at like creating the aesthetic you know and Mm -hmm. being like matching a vibe and I'm like that's great I also love like aesthetic pleasing things but I'm not necessarily just here to like match the vibe I'm here to like just authentically share what my experiences are.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there with um, being authentic. I think that's genuinely probably the only way to find your people. Like, I think (laughs) there is no one, two, three step program. There's no join eight Facebook groups, Slack channels. It's just be yourself and be real. And the people who connect with that and vibe with that will find you.
0: Exactly. Yeah, like you said, the more you put out, like the more you get back. I think that's with like anything. Like the more you put into something, like if you're putting more of yourself in, if you're being more authentic, then you're going to get that like kindness and authenticity back.
2: Right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, you're a very busy person. You have a full-time job. Like I don't know if a lot of people know like you have 9 to 5. They should because you talk about it.
2: I um do. people are always <laughs> like shocked when I'm like going to work. They're like, "What?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And then obviously you do like a lot of freelance work. You do blogging. You do vlogging. You're like working on this novel. And then you're also like like very you show up for your family. Like we can see that. Like we know so much about like your dad. Like I adore your dad. <laughs> like, especially from like your stories from I think it was like Thanksgiving, like two years ago when like you just had him on a lot. And I was like, oh my God, who is this man? He is lovely. Um, <laughs> like your whole family is amazing. Like so. You have all these friends and family that you're really like tight with. So how do you maintain like that balance in your life and like manage to stay like motivated and mentally healthy while being balanced and pulled in all these different directions? I don't even say pulled because that might sound like negative. I think that you are thriving and you seem to like all the roles that you play. So I don't mean pulled, but you get what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, It's not easy. Um, I think... Shonda Rhimes in her book, Year of Yes, there's like this one passage and I read that book like forever ago, but this passage, has just always stuck with me. And she just says like, you have to acknowledge that whenever you are like crushing it in one area of your life, you are inevitably failing in another. And for me, it's just been like, okay, so there are going to be some days where I am like at work and I am amazing at my job. Like I'm crushing it at work. Doing great stuff. My boss is happy. I'm happy. And then I'm going to come home and probably be really tired and not want to post to Instagram or not want to finish editing that blog post. And that's fine. And then there's going to be another day where I'm like, all right, at work, like pretty low energy, got just enough done. And then I'll come home and I'll edit a whole video and edit a blog post and get some photos done. So it's just kind of accepting that like there can't be highs without lows and trying to really stick to those hard set boundaries for myself so that I know like, all right, every two weeks I am trying. I try to go home to my dad's house and just spend the weekend there and like have dinner with him and spend time with my younger sister who's like a freshman in college now and hang out with my mom, like go to my mom's house, hang out with her. And I also wanna say like, I think people feel like I either don't have a mom or I don't like my mom because my dad is always the one on my social media. My mom just hates photos. <laughs> So if I posted that yeah. mom, she would be like mortified. But I, I just figured know. you were just like a
0: daddy's girl. And the, yeah, girl. also like, I know a lot of moms. No, I just
1: figured your moms hated social like, media. because lot of moms are not into like
0: photos. <laughs> and you know, every time I try to take a photo of my mom, she <laughs> literally acts like paparazzi. She will like pull a hat down, put her hands up, the whole thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Candy is not here for the Instagram yeah. stories. But I do try to like make those hard rules for myself. Like, all right, you need to... FaceTime the parents at least this many times a week. Make sure you're texting them. I text my mom like every single day. Like, and now that we're now that she's stuck in the house and bored, we text like five times as much. It's insane. Um, and you know, just knowing that you have to be intentional if you want to be in all these roles and just decide for yourself what does that look like? Like, what does it look like to be realistically, what does it look like to be a good blogger, a good daughter, a good friend? And Make sure that you are checking into all of those areas as often as you can. I I love that you just said, like, you have right. to be intentional if you want to
0: be in all these roles. And I think that that's something that a lot of people lose sight of. It's like, you don't have to do all these things. It's like, you get to, you want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And also just communicating with people. Like, there are times where I'm like, I need to write and I need to write every weekend this month. So I'll be like, dad, I'm not coming home. I have to, I can't write at your house. I have to be at my house and write. And that's fine. Like, and then he knows. Like the next weekend, I'll be there, and I will be like a literal, like piece of the couch because I will be like that much in his living room. Like, yeah, insane. So, be like honest and upfront with the people in your life who you feel like are dependent on you, or who you want to be there for, because people are usually way more supportive of us than we give them credit for.
1: It's true. I think we're brought up, and especially right now. To be self-sufficient so much, especially that's like your adulthood, you, you grow up and you're self-sufficient. So you kind of know what's best for you and you want to protect your energy. You don't want to let people down. So you try to do all these things and fit all these roles and put yourself in all these buckets and then you burn out. And instead of just asking dad, Hey, can I just hang out at home this weekend and finish this thing? And him saying, of course you can. That's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we put all these worst case scenarios in our head about What other people are going to think of us if we choose to prioritize something else over someone else. Totally. Uh, So, this is apparently Charisma said it's an election year. I'm not. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Apparently, at some point we're getting. I apologize
0: for the bad news. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) bad news. Bad news. It's election year. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. Very first time for everyone probably listening. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's we don't even know what's happening. Apparently, it's going to be one of the worst hurricane seasons. In oh, Florida. Oh, oh, it's Girl, well. I
0: haven't even thought about hurricane season. Why'd you bring that up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Amber, how do you plan, or what are you what are you doing in place right now, and what are your plans to keep creating and protecting your mental health with everything that's happening right outside our windows?
2: Well, I think the the good and the bad thing about this pandemic situation is that it has seriously like limited the ability of any politician to be campaigning right now. Like they can really only campaign on Facebook Live. So <laughs> it's really a lot
1: in DJ to- Nice's like uh comments.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like whatever that was. But so I think it'll be interesting. Um I think a lot of people who want to be informed have just kind of figured out ways that they can be more informed. And now those are gonna totally shift because you know, it won't be like turning on the debate anymore. It's going to be <laughs> completely different. Um, Yeah, I yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting election for sure, because I mean, at that point, we'll probably have not even been out of quarantine that long. Right. So I, I don't know if people are even going to be like mentally ready to be like, oh, I have to go vote after you're just adapting to like, oh, I can walk to the store and not like have a panic attack. So right. honestly, I've honestly not thought much about the election um, at all. And I have not really been anything that I've been checking in on like Congress for has been like, are you fixing this? Like, are you yeah. doing anything? And I mean, even that is just like meh. So like, I I have like a couple podcasts that I keep up with that cover politics. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm not going to sit here. I think. If I sat here and just like spent two hours catching up on the news by the end of that two hours, I would not be able to do anything else. So you kind of have to just know your limit and be like, okay, I can get my news here, here, and here. These are the things I actually need to be reading and checking in on, and everything else can kind of wait.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's a mess. <laughs>
2: It really is. is. I tried to explain
0: that to my mom the other day because I'm talking to her and, like, I I was walking outside at the same time. I was, like, getting my exercise in and, like, getting a chat in. Mm -hmm. And she, like, like, tells me five news stories in a row. And, like, I I kept trying to, like, pivot, you know, because it's your mom. You don't want to just be like, listen, I don't want to talk about that. Like, change the subject. like. You have to kind of, like, do it gracefully because it's your mom. And so, like, I try to start pivoting by the third one. And then, like, finally by the fifth one, I'm like, how is Alex, like, my brother? Because I was just like, I don't, I can't talk, like, I can't talk about this. And so she was like, oh, like, do you not want to talk about this? And I was like, it's not that I don't want to talk about it at all. But it's just, like, we don't need to keep up with every single story happening. Because we're not lawmakers who are, like, making decisions on this stuff right now. So, like, we need to, like, we need to be informed. But, you know, I don't need to an uh, update daily of how many cases are in Central Florida <laughs> because it, it's really, you know what I mean? Like, no matter what, I'm not going outside. Literally. So that's not going to change from one day to the next, you know?
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like, how is this serving you at the end of the day? Like, going on and watching the, like, a press conference or whatever, is it serving you? Like, is it, is it helping you at all? And it's a little bit different for me because I do my full-time job. I work for the city. So there are some things like you should know this, like you need to watch this, if not that conference and this press conference or like read that. And yeah. I've been good about compartmentalizing, like, okay, you need to look at this to do your job versus you need to be obsessed with this and check it every hour. Yeah. Yeah. Like doing doing
0: it for your job versus like doing it as just like a citizen, like is right. different. So yes, that's good that you're able to kind of like shut that down. Yeah. Yeah. So as you know, we love Black Girl Magic because we have an abundance on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know, what does Black excellence mean to you personally? We'll end on a a happier question.
2: Yeah. Um, That's a good question. I've been thinking about it since I read it in your outline too. And I don't know if I have an answer, but (laughs) (laughs) I think, I forget what publication it was. I think Vanity Fair. I don't know if you guys saw, there was like a magazine that did that really awesome write up of all these like new black and Brown um, authors. And it was like, Tomi Adeyemi and um, oh my gosh, how am, I, how am I forgetting her name right now? Angie Thomas, who wrote the hate you Give, yeah, yeah. Like um, who else was in it? Um, uh, Elizabeth Acevedo. And I think there was someone else who I'm forgetting. And I think it was the only author whose book I haven't read, but That to me is like black excellence because those are all women who have had their first novels written and published like within the last five years. Most of them were like, all of them were like first-time authors. They all chose to write about books that centered on the black experience. And all of them spent literally like, like Angie Thomas has been on the New York times bestseller list for like two years. I know. And there's so much in all industries but especially in publishing there are so many people who say that like a black story wouldn't sell a black main character doesn't sell or even like you look at movies and it's like oh yeah we'll have a black lead but she has to look like this and I think women like that and women like Issa Rae and you know people who are just taking the time to say like no this ordinary black girl is also black excellence this often told black story is also black excellence my book is black excellence like black excellence should not mean that you are constantly being overly exceptional it could just mean that you do what you do really really well because for so many other people they don't have to go three thousand miles above and beyond to be considered excellent you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i think just like seeing all these amazing black women especially like black creative women just kind of Walking in their craft, like, "Hi, this is the best I could do. Let me know what you think." And then it's amazing, but also just like the vulnerability and the passion it takes to do something like that, especially writing. To me, is one thousand percent black excellence.
0: Oh, I love that answer and the fact that you were like, "I don't know if I can answer this." um That was a perfect answer, <laughs> right? Like, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! One day when you are very, very famous because your novel is going to take off and skyrocket, people are going to quote our podcast because that answer was so amazing. So you're yeah. welcome. New sources of the future <laughs> <Candy> <laughs> <fair> in 2022. <laughs> yes. Well, let us let our listeners know where they can find you all over the web so that they can keep up with everything you're doing. And also watch this behind the scenes process of you writing this amazing novel and then turn around and buy it once it's uh, ready for
2: purchase. Yeah. So you can find me um, online at buyamberburns.com. And I am at Amber Burns on. Every single social platform.
0: Nice and easy. I love that. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, we're looking forward to talking to you again in the future when we're all out of the pandemic.
2: Yes. (laughs) I hope you all are safe and at home.